welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am one of your host, Jay Christie, longtime fan of Psych, joined as always by my co-host, a first-time fan of Psych. He's wearing a hat this episode. It's Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Not only am I wearing a hat, I'm wearing a pretty sweet, uh, I don't know, is it a fedora? Yeah, I guess it is a fedora. It is, a, yeah, it's a fedora. Yeah. I'll say it's Gordon I think you have, out. I think your combination of hair and facial hair makes you able to pull off a fedora without it being like the milady type thing. You know what I mean? Like, I think it looks like instead, like you're in like a post, like a beach reggae type band, which is not, is not the way I would want to look, but that's kind of what it, like if, if I saw you walking down the street and someone said, yeah, he's in, you know, a, uh, Magic, magic. I'm in yeah. magic. I'll say this. I didn't want to say magic, but that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> that's immediately what I thought of. Why and I don't be, be so cool. I really hate that song a lot. Um, yeah, I remember I saw a tweet when that song came out where it was just like, I'm sorry, but I take the dad's side. If my daughter tried to marry a guy in a post-ska band, I would say no too. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, um, my, my wife constantly makes the complaint that I look good in most hats. So. I mean, you got a good hat, hat, head for hats. My problem with is I, my head is gigantic, and I just threw on a Mets hat because it was the one that was close. And, what what um, size are you in a fitted? Uh, th- what is it? The one above the one above normal, like three, uh, seven and a uh, half, I think it is. Like I have a big head. Seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. seven and three eighths, I think. So that's the normal seven. size. I mean, I could probably even go higher than seven and a half, but like it, that's when you, it gets hard to even get a hat. Um, I have some seven three eighths that I've kind of just broken in because it's easy to get those, but um. Yeah. My, my cousin, my cousin's a seven. No, he's an eight. Damn. He's got the Bruce Bochy head. Wow, Bruce, that's a great point of his only big head. But I have a gigantic head. It's a Christie family tradition. And I honestly, I probably have the widest, <laughs> like in terms of circumference, I have the widest. My dad's head is very tall. Um, but, uh, and then my he's twin like brother's East, head is very like small. Like Easter Island status or something? Not really. Like, not, he's not full on Matt Smith. Um, I see. You know. But that's not even my joke. They do it is a great joke in Doctor Who where he makes the joke where he says that he, you know, like he references and I went to Easter Island and they're always talking about those statues they made of me, <laughs> which is funny. Um, you know, suit self-deprecating humor. Uh, yeah. but no. But the, yeah, like I guess I was like I was saying, my twin brother has an incredibly small head. Um, so it's that's the biggest difference between the two of us. Um, not an incredibly small head, but just like if you were to look at us, you would not necessarily know we were brothers or at all because you'd be like, well, their heads are just, I mean, his head's like twice the size of his. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's good to know that you guys have a wide spectrum of uh, head sizes. Yeah. That's nice. Whereas my older brother also has a gigantic head, but we're not here to talk about gigantic heads. We're here to talk about magic head because this episode oh. is a Gus centric episode. Something about Mara, yeah. which of course is a play on the film. There's something about Mary, um, which, uh, is a film that I never actually saw until last year. I don't know why. I mean, I know why, because I was not old enough when it came out. But uh, what's your relationship to the Fairly Brothers directed comedy? Um, I saw it around the time like it came out on like home video or DVD. So I was pretty young for that even, I want to say. It came out like in 97, 99, something? 98? 98, I think. Yeah, so I was like 10, 11 years old. So it was definitely risque for mine. Um but I do, the only thing, I mean, I remember a lot about that movie. Obviously, the cum haircut thing is a big one. The zipper yeah. uh, penis thing. And then the fact that randomly uh, Mary dated Brett Favre. Uh, yes. Those are 
the three things I remember. And we did actually just reference it two episodes ago because W. Earl Brown plays her special needs brother. Correct. Correct. Um, I mean, I would say that the bits that I think are like the, the come in the hair is probably the best bit. But I, when I watched it, the thing I was surprised by is how funny the stuff I don't feel like didn't get talked about that much in the culture is the Matt Dillon stuff. And I think that that's probably the funniest part of the movie to me. Um, I need but, to, I would need to revisit that because it's yeah. been a long time. Um, and it is just like, it's a movie that like in its conception is incredibly misogynistic, not like in like a mean way, but just is, you know, but the fact, but Cameron Diaz is such like a positive screen presence that like she works to make it like a sweet movie when it, if it was like someone icier, it would so easily be like a gross, you know. Like the fact is, I think, I think the reason why it's like was a crossover hit and wasn't just a broy thing because I mean it made hundreds of million dollars. I think is because like Cameron Diaz is so nice and so relatable that it doesn't make you know women feel bad for it's like not it's not the Hangover. Yeah, and it's so weird because when you think about when you contrast that with uh, what bad. Bad teacher? Was that the one? Well, yeah. I mean, the whole problem with the second half of her career is because she kept trying to play not nice people. And that's why she, that's why, she, you know, most of everything she made after like 2005 is bad. Um, oh, well, no, I like that one movie. What was it? The really horrible one. Was it? No, the one with Michael Fassbender where she like puts her like. Pussy, oh, like, the counselor where she fucks the car. I mean, I, that's crass. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know that she had to dub her whole performance. Did you know about that? Because no, apparently on set, on her set, she did because her character was from a white person from Barbados, and she did a white Bayesian accent. And oh, apparently, Lord. people said it sounded exactly like Rihanna, and the studio made her dub over her own performance. Was that Ridley Scott? It was Ridley Scott. Oh my that god! Movie is a, that movie is a uh, that is a movie that is objectively not good. And you know what, Andre? This one I, I love it. I love it. So stick up for it. I also stick up for it. That's a good movie. <laughs> It's a good movie. Good movie. <laughs> like I'll, I'll be Javier Bardem deserved an Oscar just for the way he says like, and then she fucked the car. <laughs> I just like his style, his riz. Oh, my God, I remember that during the pandemic, Seth Meyers had Penelope Cruz on, and he did the thing that every any interviewer like. This is why Seth Meyers is my favorite late night host. He this is in 2020. Asked her, so what was the deal with Javier's the counselor hair? <laughs> Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> anyway, so this yeah. is a big episode already, but we're talking about there's something about Mira, and uh, we start off in a fancy restaurant where uh, Sean and Gus are with there with Henry in 1987, and Sean thinks a woman's getting poisoned because someone put something in her champagne, but of course it's not poison. What is it, Andre? Was it a ring? Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought the same thing, and I didn't really see that it was a ring either, so maybe I I was- mean, I think, you're, I think you're not supposed to know until it happens. Okay, I see. Um, but no, before that, I do like that, you know, uh, Henry takes him to a nice place It's called yeah. Harbor Grill, which is one of the nicest restaurants and Gus immediately wants nachos, which yeah. what do you expect from a kid that age? Like I would exactly. love some nachos from a fancy spot. Exactly. And so, yeah, the guy proposes, uh, and, uh, you know, Sean and Gus are very anti the idea of marriage, you know, they're like, they don't want to be with a girl. Ew, cooties. Um, mm-hmm. and Sean then sees the guy check out the waitress's ass. And so he knows the marriage isn't going to last. Um, which I agree. I mean, not to say that like mm. a marriage can't last. I'll say this: not to say that a marriage can't last if the guy checks out a waitress's ass. But if thirty seconds after proposing, he's not still enraptured enough to not <laughs> like, I'm just like, okay, that's a bit soon. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, then Sean and Goss are in one of the best places to hang out if you're a couple dudes. They're in the, the presence. They're at the cages. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know what? I've I've never been to the cages. Um, I've I haven't been, been to, in years, but I, I love I, the cages. There's this place that I, I hope it still exists in Koreatown, LA, um, where I mean it's like a bar. They have pool, and mm. they also have like w- like a one. I don't know what you would call a single. It's not a batting cage. It's like, it, I mean, they, it launches balls at you. But yeah, you know, I played. You know, I was on the baseball team. I'm not gonna say I played baseball in high school, yeah. but. I was horrible, and um, I need to go back and vindicate myself. I mean, I stopped playing baseball when I was 10, so I'm also horrible. But there's just something communal about the cages. And is most of it just the fact that me and my older brother, there's certain phrases we just like saying, and one of them is, man, you got to go to the cages. So that I think that's most of it, actually. But I do love going to the cages. Um, there's actually one close to me in my neighborhood that I keep saying, and next time my brothers visit, we got to go to the cages. Um so, <laughs> you know when you you know when you don't want to say that phrase when you're in the movie 28 days later that's when you that, don't want to say that that is true um i'll be frank you if you're in the movie 28 days later you're there are not many options good options um, yeah that's true uh so anyway um there's a guy who's been following them though a really bad pi uh and uh he followed gus into the bathroom which gus hates because that's a sanctuary um and so they're trying to get his attention now. Start throwing balls at him. Now I do know I do love the 2007 moment of Sean throwing a ball and saying gyro ball because this was right when uh, Dice, Dice Dice Matsuzaka yeah Dice Matsuzaka came over. Um, Gus about that revolutionary throw. pitch. Yeah, yeah. Which it really is like the thing about that was disappointing about him is that he wasn't like horrible. So it wasn't like. And he had like a couple good seasons, but it's one of those things where it's like you either wanted him to be like an embarrassment and like that would be an interesting story, or he was great. He kind of was just like, oh, I'm a pretty good pitcher. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I had, I think I had a, a Daisuke uh, jersey at the time. Um, yeah. I did like, I really liked him. Um, I liked the gyro ball, which mm-hmm. is weird because like now in baseball, like there's there's all kinds of pitches, right? You know. Yeah. But I feel like everyone now has a pitch called the sweeper. Which I yeah. have never heard of in my life. So I think now that, everyone does that shit. I think it's that yeah. basically. It's somewhat like that. I think the gyro. The thing about the gyro balls. I remember I read a whole article about it once. It's like a very. It's hard. The reason it's hard to throw is just because like most people, the way that you have to do the arm motion, it's hard for people to get the velocity to get it to home plate at ninety miles an hour, and so that's mm-hmm. why it wasn't like taken up by a lot of people. Like it's something that just a lot of people's arms just can't do. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, this, I didn't. I do notice that there's a lot more pitches in baseball, and frankly. Paying attention to what pitches people are throwing, unless it's like a gigantic curve or a hundred mile an hour fastball, it's something that like that's for bigger fans than me. You know, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I mean, I fucking love like a nice slider, like really oh, yeah. beautiful slider. I mean, my favorite pitch, the best pitch, of course, is the twelve to six curve. You know, yeah, the Clayton Kershaw special. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful. I have pitch. A, get the one that make Vince go like, like, oh, wait, that slow hook. Um, yeah. Sorry about that bad impression. I did was trying to be respectful. Um, it's okay. Anyway, the PI's name is Mace Roden, um, and uh, he's hired. Why is he hired? Um, he's hired. Apparently, he was hired by Gus's wife, which mm-hmm. you know, obviously, is a little shocking to hear. Uh, I don't know what is this like twenty five episodes in? Yep, give or take. Um, and yeah, it, basically they kind of like dismiss him or Sean dismisses him because obviously Gus has never been married and Gus is silent the whole time, but he definitely has something he's hiding. And basically Mm -hmm. he has a secret. He's, he was married at some point. Yes. 
Um, and so we go to the theme song, and then we come back, and Sean is pissed. Because he, if Gus was married, he didn't get to do a bachelor party. He didn't get to get, because he has a book of speeches, he didn't get to give a speech. And he, of course, mentions that Gus sees the book and sees that he already wrote his eulogy. Um, which, yeah. you know, is did funny. You, did, you ever, did you ever do, like, a speech at a wedding? At a wedding? No, not yet. Because I'm only 27, and I went to college in New York, so most of my college friends are not married yet. Your brothers um, aren't married? None of them? No, my twin brother is not, and my older brother is not, no. Okay. They're 27 and 29, so no. Um, I mean, okay. you didn't get married until your mid-30s. <laughs> mid-30s, asshole. I was like 32, 33. Oh, I, oh sorry. My, my bad. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, my point being... I, 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 did, I did the speech at my best friend's wedding. Yeah, I I mean, I would love to, as you can imagine, any situation to do a speech I'll do. Um, I killed it. Yeah, I mean, I think I would... I. It's unspoken. I think I would... I think when my older brother gets married, which will probably be relatively soon because he's his girlfriend, not to put them on blast, but whatever, he doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> I assume that he'll ask me to do a speech unless he wants to just avoid the controversy and won't will ask someone other than his two brothers. But like even Michael, my twin brother, would say that if one of us is going to give a speech, it would be me because I'm the, the... The reason he doesn't speak that much is because I took up all the oxygen because I talk all the time. Um, right. Yeah, I did one thing I did once do, and this is something that I was told I should not brag about, but my mother doesn't listen to the show. That one time my mom had a friend from work who had to give a eulogy for her mother, and I was asked to punch it up because like it didn't flow good. <laughs> oh lord! I did, okay. a, I did a punch up job. And how'd it go? I I, I mean I, I when I asked my mom that she was like don't because I was clearly asking because I wanted to know if I did a good job, and she was like don't it's a eulogy don't don't it wasn't good what do you mean? <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'll say this. I definitely made it better, but, you know, if you, if you want me to punch up your eulogy, I'll do it. I'll honestly do it for free, um, as long as you tell me how it went. But anyway, um, why didn't Gus tell Sean about the wedding? Like, what's the details on it? Okay, yeah, basically he didn't do it because he was embarrassed. It was a short-lived thing. Essentially, he was at Masatlan. He was in Masatlan, um, a place I'm vaguely familiar with. Um, on spring break one year, and he met uh, this girl named Mira. And she, right off the bat, you can tell she's a real firecracker. She's got, you know, some red highlights in her hair. She's got a um, a nose ring. And also, sorry, I don't mean to bury the lead, yeah. but it's she's being played by Carrie Washington. Yeah. Which Beautiful. makes this whole episode incredibly plausible. Like, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. absolutely sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and, you know, we get to see Sean, uh, sorry, Gus with the high top fade, um, rocking mm-hmm. a sweater vest, doing his best Carlton um, impression. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for some reason, like, they take to each other. They, they seem mm-hmm. like complete opposites, but I think she just wanted to corrupt him in the end. Exactly. Because, uh, yeah, she, she asked him if he's ever been skydiving. He says mm-hmm. no. He's obviously a very risk-averse person, and she mm-hmm. calls him a skydiving virgin. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and what are the three words that got him to marry her? Let's try Goldschlager. Yes. And I've never tried Goldschlager. Uh, have you? Oh man, I might've, but it might've been also at a point in the night where I was incredibly loaded. So exactly. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So they end up getting married. We see from the wedding photos that his best man was a goat, um, which, you know, it could be worse. Uh, I mean, he was the greatest of all time, right? Exactly. Um, and so Gus, you know, refers to her as Hurricane Mira, because apparently she sucks people up and, like, they get up in a whirlwind around her. Um, because apparently when he, like, tried to break it off, she threatened to burn down his apartment. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's 
there, there's something about her. And so they decide that they're going to go together to visit her. Um, and Gus asks Sean to, to control, to help if he gets sucked in. And Sean says, call me the suck stopper. Um, yeah. And he quickly uh, turns mm. a, turns that around. He doesn't want to be called the, the, the suck stopper. Sorry. Mm. Um, sorry. And um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Basically, Gus tasks Sean with keeping him in check. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Gus jokes about, sorry, Sean jokes about there being a Gus Jr., which is a good, you know, because that, that is a way that in another show this episode would go. But anyway, Absolutely. then we cut to a police chase on foot where uh, Julia and Lassie and some cops are chasing a guy. And the guy ends up making some weird, he runs around an alley. And Julia ends up being on the other side of the fence, grabs him, tackles him. And basically, Lassie's impressed and confused at how she did it because how would she know that he's going to do that? And she said it was a hunch. Um, and yeah, so that's, he, Lassie's kind of suspicious of her. Yeah, he's suspicious of her, and um, and he, you know, he acts like, um, yeah, I mean, she says it's deductive reasoning, and we basically go to the police station where yeah. they start talking about, I, I forgot how it comes up, but Lassie's basically gloating about how the highest score on his detective exam was 97.2. I think mm-hmm. it's because uh, McNabb was also... Yeah, looking to get tutored about it. Um, yes. And he says that he has the highest for the department. Correct, which uh, turns out to not be the case, although Jules is really trying to downplay this. Um, And so eventually Lassie gets out of Jules that she tested at a 98.4, but he wouldn't have seen it because she tested her detective. She did her detective test when she was in Miami still, so he wouldn't have seen it. Exactly. Um, And so, uh, you know, Jules is trying to like be like, oh, come on, don't. These don't matter. Let's not. I respect you. Let's not do this. And of course, Lassie can't. He, he's going to make right. it a thing. He's a fragile guy. Then we cut to a winery. Um, and they're like, why is Mir here? Maybe she works here. Um, and then we see her come. And once again, like, I think you completely understand. Um, Carrie Washington is a uh, very attractive woman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, non the is a lucky man. Um Really? That's her husband. Yeah. Wow. They've been together for a while. Yeah, he does something else now, right? He's now what he acts now. He's what? He's an actor. At least he did a couple movies. Yes, okay, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, I mean I watched three seasons of Scandal and that show is not good. So I yeah, I can't, I can't really judge Gus for marrying her, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen that show. I mean, this is an impression of her and the president scandal. Ah, Fitz, we can't. You're married and you're the president. I come on, live, come to me, and then they fuck in the Oval Office. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. For the three people who are listening who watch Scandal, you're like, damn, Jake really nailed Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so yeah, Gus is completely goo goo, um, and mm-hmm. uh, he can't speak, and he's basically like. Just his face is frozen, and what Mira says is that he's got to catch up. And then, like five minutes of the conversation, not literally, he goes, "Mira, you look amazing," which I think is just a funny bit. Yeah, he he's back to being smitten with her, um, as any man, any red-blooded male would be. Um, and she suggests that maybe they um, should celebrate uh, with a drink. And mm-hmm. Gus makes sure that it's not a Goldschlager. 
And she she goes on to explain that uh, basically her family has three different wineries. One there, one I don't know where. I think they said the one that's going to come up in Napa or no? There's another one. There's and then one, there's one in Santa Barbara, one in Napa, and one in um, Spain. But she can't go to the one in Spain because she punched a bull in Pamplona. Um, correct. I like that joke. Yeah, that's see that that's that's a what I call a comedy writer joke where it's just like that's you know just a quick aside. Um, and yeah, but we learn the re- why why is Gus there to begin with? Yeah. Okay. We're Gus is there because she is about to be betrothed to another man, and she can't do it because apparently the annulment of their marriage in Mexico was never made official. So she needs him for that. And for a brief moment, it kind of seems like Gus doesn't want to actually go through with the annulment. Exactly. Yes, because he's in her vortex. But we learn that the wedding is the next day on the beach which is apparently her fiancé Jan's request. Um, and then her lead dad better be, what What is a lead better? Is that a thing? Like, I've seen a I lot of lead better references. I know that there's the Pearl Jam song, Yellow Lead Better, and I haven't looked into it beyond that. Um, a lead better is someone who composes music as a profession. Okay. Um, and a bed wetter is someone who uh-huh. uh, pees in uh, their bed. So, Like Fergie. Wait, Fergie peed the dead? No, she peed her pants like on stage once. Oh, okay. Uh, Mark Schlereth used to pee his pants on the sidelines. Yeah, that's why they call him Stink, right? Yeah, and Jackson Maine peed himself at the Grammys, but that's fictional. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Nice. Anyway, uh, so her dad comes up and he's kind of a hard ass and is like the first glass is free. She doesn't. He doesn't like Gus because he blames Gus for you know the marriage and her being wild, which is of course funny because obviously it's the other way around. Um, right. But Mira then invites them to the wedding, um, and Gus, completely ignoring what he said he was going to do, says yes. Um, and it's apparently because she smells nice and he's weak. Yeah, and she has this like a uh, this like youthful like childlike mm-hmm. um, energy. Um, like mm-hmm. she's very yeah. I don't know if I'd be into that, but sure. Um, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, obviously Gus wants to be there. Sean doesn't want to be there. But, mm-hmm. you know, Sean will relent to Gus in the, on this occasion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the next day, we see Sean and Gus showing up to the wedding. And, um, sh- you know, Gus is dressed a lot better than Sean is. Sean is very much there for, like, a Hawaii-type wedding. I mean, it is a, it is a beach wedding, which I, that is a – the dress code is different. Correct. But I don't think they were actually on the sand. I think they were on No, the they weren't. No, they weren't. But also, it's like that, that – that, the dress – for like what would be called the beach wedding in like Florida, or even like an outdoor wedding in Florida, he was dressed fine. And I, obviously California is fancier, but um, like I could, I I have not been to, but I have like you know friends of friends where I've seen photos of weddings out that are like by a beach that people dress like that. So I think I think he actually he doesn't stick out compared to the other people there really. Um, compared to Henry, no, because Henry's they also there. there. Yes, well, no, they invited him because they they said, but they didn't tell him it was a wedding. Um, and so they meet one of Mira's friends, and then they start to suspect that since they're last there, and Gus had pending a spot up front, that they think that this is all a conspiracy to make for her to marry Gus. Um, and so they start freaking out. But uh, it turns out that's not what's going on at all. Yeah, I mean, okay, for a second, like when they start, when the music starts playing, and Gus mm-hmm. starts to get like weird feelings, I thought that maybe they had a discussion about exactly what he wanted his wedding to be like. Mm-hmm. I thought that maybe that was going to be a thing, but it wasn't. Um, but yeah, so we we discover that the reason, I mean, that something is up, and basically Jan is missing. So mm-hmm. the yes. wedding is on hold for now. Jan is gone. Mm-hmm. 
Jan Debon. Um, yeah, Jan Debon, exactly. Um, so, you know, mirrors and crying. It's been two hours. He's not coming, yada, yada, yada. And we learn that he did not show up on Wednesday, Thursday, or even for the rehearsal dinner on Friday. He said he was at, doing work. Um, and so it's a bit suspicious, you know, who doesn't show up for the rehearsal dinner? Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Mira doesn't want anyone to eat, though, because she just insists the wedding's still going to happen. And that's a problem for uh, someone who's been digging into what looked like lamb, like lamb chops, I guess. I thought they were like chicken wings, honestly. But um, something on a bone. Correct. And um, yeah, I, I'm starting to finally pick up on the fact that Henry is serious about his food. Yeah, the man loves food. Very serious. And I respect it because he likes a lot of grilled meats. He like, you know, steaks, fish. Um, you know, he, he cares about the finer things in life. Um, Do you like grilled pineapple? Yes. If it's with like, if it's, I've never just had it obviously by itself. I had like a kebab and that's good. Um, yeah. Cause someone brought to my office yesterday, they brought like grilled pineapple and they offered it to me, but I obviously can't partake cause I'm allergic to pineapple. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not crazy. Like pineapple is not. I would, I'm not someone who just snack a pineapple normally, but like I've had it in like where you'll have like a chicken skewer pineapple on it. And all, you know, mm-hmm. it's good. Um, anyway, uh, so Gus sees, you know, she, he's thinking about Mira in that dress. He's having some thoughts and he goes over to her and he offers to help find Jan because Jan is missing. So they offer their services. Yeah. And so, yeah, after they. You know, obviously, Sean doesn't want to do it, but mm-hmm. it's going to happen. And we cut to uh, the police station, and mm-hmm. Lasseter is trying to wrap up his paperwork very fast. Unfortunately for him, Jules is better. And not only that, she speaks Spanish, and she can, uh, I don't know, translate something? Was that yeah, what it was? I mean, she, I, they say that it's a requirement in Miami. I suspect it probably isn't. Um, seeing as generally speaking, it doesn't seem to be a requirement for police to do anything to understand the communities that they police, but you know, this is fictional. Um, uh, it could, I mean, it might be in Miami because there are famously a lot of Republicans. No, I guess I'm just very cynical about what they would require. I hear I mean, that. I hear that. Cause like it, it, there are neighborhoods in New York that are like hundred percent Spanish speaking. If like, if you're in Spanish Harlem, I don't think you need to speak Spanish and you think you need to. And I, I understand what you're saying. Maybe you're, maybe if you're a detective, maybe if you're a detective and you need to, but, um, anyway. yes, yes. But like, yeah, I guess I'm like a bad Hispanic person because I have so much contempt for his, like Hispanic people that like lean Republican. I'm just like, what, why? <laughs> yes. That is a thing that I, I mean, having grown up in Florida, the thing I understand is that specifically with Cubans, that they fear left-leaning government more than they do white people being racist against Hispanic people. Um, It seems that way. Yeah. And I can't disabuse them of that notion because I've never had to flee a country because of a government. But I would say that that is, in terms of what what America is more at risk of being coming, I would say a white nationalist place where Cubans are persecuted just like other Latino people is much more likely that America becoming communist. But what do I know? Yeah. Um, Anyway. uh, So, yeah, they then Lassie chugs some hot coffee to prove he's tough, you know. Um, and then we learn that the, there's a side thing going on where there's a stolen refrigeration truck that apparently is Juliet's case. And after they kind of do some jargon off with um, Buzz, Lassie says that whoever solves that case is the better detective. So that's the um, 
that's like the challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The challenge is basically, yeah, to solve the case with this refrigeration truck. And we don't know this now, but it's going to have major repercussions to the rest of the episode. Exactly. And then we have Sean and Gus talking to Mira. And Mira's, you know, talking about Gus is sweet. And Sean mentions his head's like a chocolate-covered honeydew. And Sean, at this point, keeps calling him Jan. Um, I'm going to call him Jan because, you know, I am going to. But he keeps every time I mention Jan, know that Sean's calling him Jan. Um, right. And uh, Mira dumps out her purse with all the personal effects that involve Jan. Um, and there's a couple pictures. And Sean also notices some um, clozapin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, yeah. Is Chalcepin different from Clozapin? It must be, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I was confused yeah, I, about that. I'm not, I'm really bad at, like, I don't, I, I've been on the same two, actually not the same two, I've been on probably, I think, like, three different medications for psychological issues. I'm currently only on two. And the, when I say three, I don't remember what the third one is because I'm not on it anymore. The only ones I know is the one I'm on and then, like, the famous ones. So like whenever people are like, Jake, what do you, what should, what do you recommend I take for this? I'm like, I know what I take, but like, I, you know, um, mm-hmm. I'm in the, I'm in the very privileged position specifically with my OCD medication that like the first one I tried worked. So I don't <laughs> have advice for people <laughs> on what they should do yeah. anyway. So Sean gets up to talk to Mrs. Gaffney, um, Mira's mother, and they start talking and we learned that they never met. They've never met Jan. Yeah. They never met him. Um, Every time that they've had a chance to meet him, uh, he's always had to go away to Europe on business. Um, so it just, you know, it. I mean, how confident or like as a parent, how would you feel about your daughter marrying somebody that you've never met? You wouldn't feel too uh, good about it. So I'll I can't say really this. fault them. I certainly would not put a single dollar into the wedding if that was the case. <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, that's, I don't want to be, I, I wouldn't be vindictive, but also come on. Um, yeah, and go down to the wine cellar. And the thing I enjoy about this bit is that I like whenever people in the world aren't confused by Sean's jokes, but can tell that he's joking. And when he so he mentioned they started to show his private wine collection. He says, "I have a Hello Kitty shot glass and animal scat collection, or whatever." Um, and so they have some wine that Sean finds disgusting. Um, and it's not wine mother, and sherry, brother. Yeah. Sorry, sherry and. Uh, sh- the mother starts chugging the wine because apparently she hates dealing with Taurus and wants to get her drink on. Yeah. I mean, I think this is the most obvious case of, uh, of nobody actually drinking alcohol. They could have made it like look a lot better. Yeah. Um, you yeah. can obviously tell the white wine's apple juice and the red wine is grape juice. Um, and then, and then uh, Phyllis uh, is her mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. Um, she starts to get a little bit loose, you know? She starts to mention mm-hmm. that she likes her wine like she likes her men, white and hairy, which mm-hmm. I don't think you want hairy wine, but, you know, no. maybe that's something for the connoisseurs. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing about that, that's always, that's always a funny joke construction, but I, I think it's one of those things where, like, I don't know if you ever could make a better version of that than Airplane. Um, I think that's the best version of I like my X, like I like my Y. Um, I, you know what I'm talking about? Where there's the yes. two kids, yeah, correct. Um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and so the dad comes in, and um, they're uh, you know, he's talking, he's stressed about something because they're you know, what Sean sees from a piece of paper, he, he divines that they're shipping their this collection to uh, Napa to display. So, um, yeah, yeah, and and yeah, exactly. 
Um, and so we immediately cut to Sean at the police station where he's got his grand theory, which is that John, Jan doesn't actually exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry, no, that's not at the police station, is it? No, no, not no it's yet. at psych headquarters, psych headquarters. And then, um, yeah, because, because he mentions he looked up Jan England and there's nothing on the internet about him. There is a Jeff England who's albino and runs a website about short circuit. Uh, I did and- like that. And uh, Sean's theory, basically, is that Mira is not. She's Ofriclozapin, which is an anti-anxiety medication that can be used to treat psychosis. And, uh, yeah, that she made him all up. And that she possibly did it just to get Gus back, um, to make him jealous. Um, and so, right. now we're in the police station. Yeah, now we're at the police station. And that's when Sean points out that there's something wrong with the photos. Um, no, that's that actually later that... that he points out that there's something wrong with the photos. But he has the photos displayed. But he doesn't, until he talks to Mira, he doesn't actually point out what's wrong with them. No, that they looked photoshopped. No, no, that's with um, that's with Miro that he does that. He just he just has them out, but he doesn't actually explain. Oh wait, no, uh, sorry, right, right, right. You, he says there's something wrong, but he doesn't say what's wrong with them. Correct. Yes, something yeah. like that. And he suggests he's she's tricking Gus to fall back in love with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately for him, mm-hmm. uh, we get a, a a guest at the police station, and then Jan is real, and he's there. Yeah, and so uh, Sean, it's awkward. Um, and Sean's like, I'm going to grab a Clark bar. Um, and, uh, you know, Jan and Mira reunite. Apparently he got a call from some VCs in Portugal. Um, he thought he could make it back in time, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like that if you, if your VCs in Portugal are more important than your wedding, like you got some problems. Yeah. I don't think any VCs are going to Portugal, honestly. Well, I mean, Portugal is a nice place to vacation, but um, also, you know, actually, you're, you're not, this is actually obvious. They'd be in Portugal because wine. He's, remember, he's a wine seller. That's, that's like a Madeira kind of deal. Like, you go to No, there's to a Italy. lot of wine. Vino, Vino Verde is big in Portugal. I'm saying you could have a Portuguese wine. Portuguese wine is I mean, you like, could, but that's like for the fucking, like, it's not compared to like Italian or like French. Wine. I understand that, but he's a guy who's, he's a wine distributor. I don't think, I don't think they're implying that he's like. You know, I'll tell you this. I guarantee you that the Casal Garcia, which makes my mom's favorite wine, the Vino Verde, makes a lot more money than, uh, you know, a very fancy orchard. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry, winery. Yeah. I'm just saying that there's enough wine grown in Portugal where it actually would not be implausible for there to be a big wine deal in Portugal. Um, you know sure. what country actually produces the most wine in the world, though, other than America, is Australia. But uh, that's not here there. Um, yeah. Because it's big. Anyway, um, so yeah, they're talking. Yeah, the barefoot wine is from Australia. The weirdest wine that I know that my mom and a lot of my other extended family drink. You ever see the wine that's just called Josh? Yes. So weird that that's just the name of the wine. Anyway, um, I like Justin. I've never had Justin. I mean, I'm not a big wine guy. Um, Justin White, uh, uh, sorry, Sauvignon Blanc is good. Yeah, I mean, I I like my wine like. no, I can't. Mm-hmm. Do I was gonna do a. Uh-huh. Really, I like fruity wines, and but I can't. It's homophobic. There's no way I can do that without being homophobic. <laughs> like uh, like a Moscato or something. Or I like a Moscato. I mean, my favorite. I honestly do like my mom. The why my mom loves the Vino Verde, just because that's some of the first wine I ever had. Um, and, but the thing about it is, like, I'll drink almost anything if it's there, because why not? You know. Um, mm-hmm. like, I never had Vino Verde ever. It's it's like a very. It's an incredibly drinkable wine. Like, it's very bubbly, and, like, it's a type of wine that when you have company over, you could go through two bottles, you know, because you'll just, it's just it's well, easy to knock back. Will it make you want to die if you drink too much of it? 
No, I've never had too much of it, but I don't think so. No, not any more than the other one because it's not very heavy. Um, but yeah, it's a good, I mean, I would definitely recommend it if you're doing like a out like a outdoor picnic type thing. It's a very good wine for outdoors, and it's really nice chilled. Anyway, um, so uh, they Lassie's mocking them, saying he makes an imaginary APB, um, and uh, Gus feels like a fool, and he asks Sean to stop trying to investigate because he's you know feels foolish. Yeah, um, but still, that doesn't stop um, Sean from thinking that something is still going on. Mm-hmm. So, I guess the next day or some time mm-hmm. after, Sean goes to Mira's place, mm-hmm. and he goes there explaining that he wants to go speak to John, Jan, but mm-hmm. he, unfortunately for him, he's playing golf with her dad, but really, he's not just there for that. Yeah. He's there to also confront Mira about mm-hmm. it, and she he basically says that those photos were photoshopped because um as you can tell i mean i hadn't noticed it originally but there's two photos yeah there's a couple of photos of them both together um one in a very tropical location and one in like a winter like uh Mm -hmm. location and in both of those photos Jan has a uh like a shaving cut Mm -hmm. on his face so how could that possibly be unless they went from northern to southern hemisphere which is not impossible they could have done that. Um, but yeah, yeah, so it turns out they're photoshopped because, unlike what Mira was saying, they've only been together for a few weeks. And because of the whole incident with Gus, Mira knew that the, her parents would not let like would not let them get married unless, you know, they knew each other for a while. And I, I do love the like the interpersonal moment that they have that she's like, you know, you just decide just to do something. And Sean's like, yeah, I spent an entire season with an interpretive dance troupe in Buffalo. That I do like that on some level, they actually completely understand each other because Sean's also a very impulsive person. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I, I guess you know it's funny. I thought like for a second this guy was a counterfeiter because she mentions that he has a super fast printer. Yeah. Um, but that really doesn't go anywhere. He just has a super fast printer, which you know, good for him. Yeah, good for him. You ever think about how printers work? Because I remember I listened to a podcast episode based on the show um, Reply All, which was really big before it got canceled because one of the hosts uh tried to prevent a union from being formed at the company um but they did a thing where they were so goldman is zazi uh no the, pj vote who was the old host he ended up he they did a couple episodes after he left but um anyway um so uh anyway that someone called in and was made, like asked like the question on their helpline like why is my printer keep jamming and what someone pointed out in a non-condescending way they talked to, like an expert and it's like you don't understand how incredible the technology is that we can make a piece of paper move through a tiny corridor just using air. Like, yeah, it's annoying at jams, but you think about it, there's no like mechanical arms. It's just air pressure that makes a printer work. So I just think that that's interesting. I never thought about that before, but like a printer doesn't, it just uses air pressure to move everything. I did not know that. Well, because you think about it, like it's, if you use like me- mechanical arms, it would like paper, the paper would bend and it would have tears and stuff like that. But no, it's just using air um which is why it jams a lot because it's very delicate um anyway wow. i think that that's yeah. interesting personally um so they go to the golf course gus thinks they're just golfing but actually obviously they're there to <laughs> find Jan. sean makes mm-hmm. a caddyshack reference um and uh but then he decides because he sees Jan and uh mira's dad that they're gonna start on the back nine instead i have never seen caddyshack ever in my life it's a good movie um you know something good movie? Hold up. yeah it's good yeah I mean, a lot of it, it's like, it's, it barely has a plot that hangs together. 
Um, but there's just too many funny people riffing and, you know, um, yeah, it's just a lot of funny. It's just, it's just yeah, it's just, a, it's just a lot of funny stuff. And I think it's one of those movies that's fun to have seen because the individual moments are better than the movie as a whole. Like, no one's going to be like, my favorite part of Caddyshack is when the story did this. But like, there's just so many great bits from Rodney and Ted Knight and Chevy Chase, Bill Murray. Anyway. Um, what the fuck is Rodney? Rodney Dave Dangerfield? Oh, okay. I thought I could just call him by his first name. I mean, he's Come that was on. his first movie. He's um, been dead and for 20 fucking years. They basically just let him, he barely had any lines written. He, they basically just told him just to riff. Um, and he's great at it. Uh, and so uh, Gus is going for a par putt and Sean picks it up because he sees Jan. And uh, they are spying on Jan. And we see that he gets in a argument with Mace, the private detective. Yeah, they're in an argument. And, um, I mean, we don't get to hear, obviously, what's being said, but uh, it wraps up. And, basically, Jan runs into them, like, spying on him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, he doesn't sound Swedish at all to me. So, that's no. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they ask him, like, or, like, uh, sorry, Sean gets right to the case. Like, oh, basically, that he gets right to it. That mm-hmm. they're following someone who is having a shady interaction with another yeah another shady person. Mm-hmm. And he mentions that he was late to pay. Um, he was the one that hired uh, him in the first place. I don't know if he ever explains why they were going to follow Gus, but well, because um, they, need, they needed him to get rid of the marriage. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. And so he, he was like, he mentions that, yeah, what he actually was doing instead of being in Portugal was what? Um, he, yeah, he was in Europe. He was basically in another relationship and he had to end it before yes. marrying Mira. And he says that it's over now and that he hasn't always been a good guy, but mm-hmm. it appears that he actually has actually has really fallen in love with Mira. So mm-hmm. Gus thinks he's telling the truth, but Sean thinks that he's telling a half truth, which he exactly. specializes in. Exactly. Um, and so we then cut to uh, Lassie and Jules who have a guy named Rusty in the interrogation room who's an informant about the refrigeration case. And uh, Lassie says that he needs 30 seconds to run to break him. And so they commandeer um, uh, Buzz's watch, and Lassie goes in and just stares at him. He says it's all in the eyes, and almost immediately, right after he starts speaking, Jules calls time. Then Jules goes in, gives him a Clark bar, asking really nicely, and then, uh, yeah, then they switch back and forth is the whole bit. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and uh, basically they are interrupted by McNabb, who tells them that the chief needs them for an important case. And yes. yeah. Uh, essentially, we cut to Jules and Lassie meeting Sean and Gus at a hotel, I guess that they're yes. staying at, yep. Yep. that Jan is staying at, mm-hmm. and Sean's ready to call him out and mm-hmm. basically ask him what the hell he's been involved in, but mm-hmm. he looks like he's not getting any answers because he's dead. Yep. Uh, and um, now they're looking at the scene and they're thinking, and that. They, Sean and Gus are discussing it, and Sean realizes that he sees a cigarette wrapper uh, for the same cigarettes that Mace was smoking. Um, and so Sean mm-hmm. goes to talk to Lassie and Jules, and uh, Gus goes to the winery to help comfort Mira. Um, and uh, they, they're in the meeting with Vic. Buzz comes in. He says that the fingerprint match came back from the refrigeration truck. And... Um, this is also when Sean mentions that he took the detective exam when he was 15 and got 100 on it, um, which is great. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, 
I honestly don't understand why nobody would just be, um, what's the word? Uh, like they don't believe him. Mm-hmm. Skeptical. Yeah. Skeptical yeah. of, uh, whatever he's saying. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, then we intercut with Gus talking to Mira and they're having a heart to heart. Um, and Gus is going in for a kiss, but they hear bang, some, some commotion and the pair, her parents are gone and the vineyard's closed. Who could it be? And Gus can't call the police. And then someone he's held at gunpoint. We cut back to the police station, and they mentioned that the, the fingerprints match with Marcus Ridley, who Sean divines is Mace Roden. He does a whole bit about Mace in a pocketbook. And he then remembers that there was a yellow stain from, like, uh, uh, in the vineyard. It doesn't really matter, but that's he's like, well, is the truck yellow? So he's putting it all together. And Sean realizes that Gus and the truck are in the same place. They need to save Gus. Um, and then when in the car, Sean sums it up. Yeah, essentially, um, he wasn't Jan England, England, whatever. England, yeah. He, yeah, England. He was actually a con man who was working with Mace Roden. That was his mm-hmm. uh, previous relationship that he was referring to mm-hmm. when he, that he needed to break off before the wedding. So essentially they started a long con on Mira Gaffney and Mira's parents were rightly suspicious of, you know, the whole situation. So that's why he came up with the idea of photoshopping the photos to just get a head start on this whole wedding situation. Um, and the way that was going to work was that the wedding was going to shut down the winery, leaving it open to robbery. Mm-hmm. But along the way, Jan had a change of heart as he was actually falling in love with Mira and he was ending the con at the golf station because of that reason. And now that Jan is dead, the robbery is going to take place now. So that's why they need to head there. And yep. So they stop. get in the wine cellar and they enter in Gus is the, the Gus and Mira are wet, all wet. Gus is over Mira's body. She's kind of dazed. Uh, Mace is unconscious, and they're confused about what happened. But Sean divines what happened. At first, he finessed them loose from being tied up. Then he got Mira to do her bar trick where she lights a fire with booze, and that turned the sprinklers on. And then Gus wrestled him for the gun, and then he DDT'd him. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, of course, uh, that's not what happened. No, um, but it doesn't stop the dad from being impressed with Guster. Mm. Um, But apparently what actually happened was that um, Mace was smoking a cigarette. It turned on the sprinklers and he slipped on the spring. He slipped in the water as a result. And Gus might have knocked him out a little bit further on the way out. And then he knocked Mirror over too. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah. Then we cut to the end where Mira is in the office and she's talking about Gus and her are going to go riot climbing. I'm going to teach him hang gliding. And, you know, um, she's going on and on. She's very excited. And um, Sean mentioned they just got a call from a client about a ghost in a ballroom, which is a reference to, you know, the first case in Ghostbusters. Um, and we learned that Mira is moving to Greenland. Mm-hmm. She's, she's moving there to save the polar bears. Um, and not only that, but she expects... Uh, Gus over for Christmas. Um, Which, if, if you move into Greenland, I might visit you. I'm not fucking visiting you in December. That's just ridiculous. If you say, uh, hey, visit me for, you know, uh, you know, July 4th, it would be weird because it's not America. But still, if you said that, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. You know, we it's not going to be that bad there. But Christmas, like two hours of daylight? Come on. I mean, I, I would kind of want to experience that just once. I get, I mean, maybe. You're right. Maybe once. But anyway. Yeah, just once. Um, so she ends up leaving, and uh, 
you know, Gus apologizes up, for being. I'm looking at flights right now. Gus, where are you going to go to? Um, to on, Greenland. I'm trying to think. Can I pull a Greenland city? Can I pull a Greenland city? No, I can't. Oh my um, god. There's one that begins like, an I, but I can't remember what it's called. Um, Iceland. No, the city in Greenland. Um. Anyway, um. Yeah, Gus apologizes for being love struck, and uh, yeah. You know they understand, but Sean mentions that he apologizes that he was married too, and he pulls out a photo of him, a woman, and a rabbi skydiving and wedding stuff, which is photoshopped, but it is a funny visual gag. Yes, and that's the end of the episode. Yes, and what would you give this episode at then? I gave it an eight out of ten. I gave it an eight out of ten as well. It's a fun episode. It's nice to see Kerry Washington. It's nice to see like a big actor really like have a big meaty part. Um. And uh, yeah, you know, I enjoy. It. I like when Gus gets to do fun stuff, and I think that I think that Dule Hill is incredibly good at playing like love struck. Like he's just, and he does it a couple times, where like he's just really into a woman and doesn't know how to act. I think he's really good at that. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was nice. I mean, it's always nice to get like you know good guest stars um, who really commit to the part, and Carrie certainly does. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was a good episode. It's solid. Yeah. I would have given it a little bit more, but I kind of wasn't like a huge fan of what the actual crime was. Yeah, say. it's a pretty boring crime. Um, I think that it's like one of those things where I think like the more because the the stakes in this one are very character based. Like it's not like an it's not a very external episode. Obviously, the wedding thing is an external thing, but like the main conflict is like the the Sean and Gus, you know, interacting. It's mm-hmm. not like a it's not like other episodes where it's like this episode's a parody of what X. It's like a, a very um, character-based conflict. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Andre, where can people follow you on Twitter? You could follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J. Christie. Please read, subscribe, and follow the show at First Psych Pod on Twitter. And tell the friends in your life that like Psych about this episode. Or sorry, about the show and this episode. Uh, and more important than that, tune in next time as we talk about the old and the restless. 